Abimelech is a king in the Bible who is confronted for taking Sarai, that's Abraham's wife, as his wife. Very, very interesting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Embry. I'm Janice. And we are studying the Bible. Now we're doing this for the 32nd time in 32 years. That's great. We're in Genesis chapter 20. That is very, very interesting. We're going to study that in the next half hour. Ryan and Corey are here. Ryan, Corey? Well, today I'm going to be taking a look at Sodom and Gomorrah, but also God's ultimate plan for salvation. Ryan? Today I'm joined by my good friend, Calvin Smith, who's here to talk about how the Bible, God's Word, not only teaches us spiritual truths, but also physical truths as well. All right, very good. Look forward to that. What are you doing, Jan? Today it's called, It's Important What We Think. Indeed, it is. Let's open up our Bible and look at what God is saying to us in Genesis 20 as we study the world's best-selling and the world's book that is translated in over 5,000 languages. Genesis 20, verses 1 through 14. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night, and said to him, Indeed you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours." So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said to her, This is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants, and gave them to Abraham, 
and he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 through 14. Genesis 18 to 20, that's a great read as we continue through God's holy word, the Bible, which talks about what's going on today. Now, Abraham did not do everything right. He didn't. In fact, we know that he lied about who Sarah was to him many times. The Bible reveals a marriage between Abraham and Sarah that was largely built on lying. Now, when God told Abraham to leave his father's land and people, Abraham asked Sarah to tell people whenever or wherever they went, that was his brother. Now, this was done to protect Abraham from death or from torture because powerful men would take advantage of him in that culture and steal his wife. What Abraham wasn't trusting was that God is all-powerful. And he sees all and knows all. Abraham needed to learn to trust in God for his provision and protection. And this is still true for us today, isn't it? The closer we become to God, the more we know God and the more we know his power. God can cover us in all our situations and take care of us. Let's stay close to his commands and let's follow him. Very important. Now, today, as we begin to discover this in God's word, get your Bible guide out. Now, if you don't have one, you can write for your Bible guide, or you can go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and click on it. It'll take you to a donation page. Thank you for your donation. And it'll take you to a page where you can download it. And that becomes important because you're, you're seconds away, literally, from getting the Bible guide and opening the most holy book of all, that's the best book you'll ever get, is the Holy Bible. We are reintroducing it to our culture because it's, it tells us everything that's going on today. Today, Abraham and Abimelech, two people who knew God, but they didn't think either one knew God. That's interesting. All right. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that you would help us to learn and understand what this means to trust in the Lord. Help us to realize that we must learn as we've given you lordship of our lives to trust in you with our business decisions, to trust in you with our decisions as workers, to trust in you with all of our decisions. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, Let's explain this and look at chapter 20, verses 1 to 3. Let's understand what God is saying so we can get it. And Abraham journeyed from there to south, to the south, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and stayed in Gerah. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. Did you, did you see that? God came to Abimelech in a dream by night. This is a man having dreams about God. And said to him, indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken. For she is a man's wife. 
You know, God confronts Abimelech for his approach to Abraham's family. Now, beloved, when we respect each other, God is honored. Keep that in mind. Because Abraham did not respect that Abimelech knew what God was doing. God was speaking to other people as well. You know, we have to understand that God doesn't just speak to us. God speaks to others as well. (laughs) And we need to pray that God helps them. And we need to seek the word of God and seek God's will for our life so we know what his will is for us. Very important. Let's get on with this because this is interesting. Verse 4. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay the righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, Abraham, she is my sister? And she is. And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and my innocence of hands, I've done this. And God said to Abimelech in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld from you sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet. And he will pray for you and you shall live. He is a prophet. He will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die. And you and all who are yours. My goodness, that's a serious thing. God kept Abimelech from doing stupid things. God is often where we do not expect him, beloved. Many times we need to think that through. Because we assume God is not there. God is not there because God told we assume God only speaks to us. We need to understand that as we operate and as we move our lives in the direction of God's will, he's got other people in his will also moving forward that suddenly we become greatly coordinated. And that is more evident in things like this program where we do not see each other before the program. We just, the first time we're together is on the program. And we see this all the time. Follow the Holy Spirit. Allow him to lead you. And he'll coordinate you with others. Very important. 20 verses 8 to 7 or 8 to 14. And Abimelech rose early in the morning, called on his servants and told all of these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? How have I offended you that you brought me in on this kingdom? A great sin. You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. And then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? Well, what did Abraham say? And Abraham said, well, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place. Wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. And then Abimelech took his sheep and oxen and male female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. Do you believe that? 
God taught Abraham and Abimelech, he taught both of them, lessons about who he is. We must listen to God as he speaks to us through our life. Beloved, so important, especially in today's world of this and that, that flying around and this is flying around and people are doing that, this. If we do what the Lord says, if we put our allegiance in his direction, he changes things in our nations, in our states, where we live in our communities. Let's focus on what God desires of us. And there's much more to talk about as we go on. But Father, today I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Help us to hear you and what you've said in this particular reading of the scripture. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Today we continue our journey through Genesis, which means that I'm continuing to showcase some of the recent interviews I conducted with my friends at Answers in Genesis, who of course specialize in demonstrating the critical role Genesis plays in the Gospel and the Bible as a whole. And today, Cal Smith returns to talk to us a little bit about how the Bible not only provides us with spiritual truths, but also physical truths. Now, since the interviews pretty long. I'm just going to play you a small clip. So let's jump into the conversation already in progress. Good. Yeah. Well, in one of the articles you wrote, you prefaced it with this statement. Many Christians believe the biblical account of Jesus' life and resurrection, yeah. as well as the spiritual teachings in the Bible, yet they reject some of the earthly things that scripture teaches, such as the recent six-day creation and worldwide flood. They believe the Bible's purpose is to help us understand spiritual truths rather than the physical world around us. Okay, so what's wrong with that kind of thinking? Well, the Bible is about understanding spiritual truths. So what's the most important spiritual truth in scripture? You're a savior in need of a, you're a sinner in need of a savior. That's the most important spiritual truth is that I, I think most Christians would agree with that, correct? So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, Jesus himself actually makes this distinction when he's talking to Nicodemus, when he says, well, I've told you of earthly things and you don't believe. How will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Well, if you're trying to get to heaven, if you want to be saved from your sins, then where did sin come from? It came from Adam. It was by that one man that sin and death entered into the world. There was no death before sin. Same thing we've just been talking about. So as soon as you introduce concepts like millions of years and evolution into the Bible, you have to put death before sin, which is a gospel ramification. So the spiritual and earthly things are interconnected. And I can tell you, coming from an atheistic background, that when people were trying to say, well, you just need to trust in Jesus. Yeah, but I don't believe your book. <laughs> your book's wrong. Your book says that the earth's young and it's, it's billions of years old. The, your book says we come from two people, Adam and Eve. Well, how do you explain all the races? Your book is just wrong on so many levels that I'm not going to believe your spiritual teachings because it's wrong. So there's a direct link there. And until we can actually proclaim the entire word of God boldly, unadulterated is the term I like my friend Joe Boot uses. 
don't adulterate the word. Don't take these syncretic methods and try to smear them all in. And, and No, it's the word of God. He's the one that was there in the beginning. This is the revelation of the God who knows everything. If I can know that Jesus saved me from my sins, and he, and he died and he rose again in three days, if I can tell all those things because of that book and I can just read it as plainly written, then I can trust him in Genesis as well. So as I've said over the last few days, if you want to get your hands on the full interviews that I've been showcasing, they're all here on this DVD set called The World by Design, the Niagara Conference, which you can call or write in for. It's also available digitally as an instant download on our website at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. And not only are my interviews with Bodie Hodge and Cal Smith on this set, but also my interviews with evangelist and pastor Corey McKenna, speaker Patricia Engler, and even molecular geneticist Dr. Georgia Purdom. Now, over the next few days, I'll also be sharing clips from those interviews with you as well. In fact, tomorrow, Dr. Georgia Purdom will be here to talk about the supposed relation between humans and chimps. So I hope you'll join me for that. But in the meantime, do check out their website at AnswersInGenesis.org because there you'll find articles and resources that will definitely help you. You know, uh, Calvin is awesome. He really is. He's an incredible guy. And Georgia, Dr. Georgia Purnam is absolutely stunning. You know, the scientists are just remarkable how that God uses the scientists who have PhDs in there. I mean, I was in the, the interview room with you mm -hmm. and we were you doing were. them. That's right. And I was stunned by the absolute belief they have. And, and it was really, really good. So I encourage you to get a hold of this uh, DVD at BibleDiscoveryTV.com. It's very, very good. Or you can get the DVD or get the downloads. But either way, get a hold of this. Corey? Okay, Genesis 18 and 19 tell a pretty brutal story about uh, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But interestingly also how God involves Abraham in this process. So first, let's take a look at some of the archaeological findings related to Sodom and Gomorrah, and then we'll talk more about the theological or godly aspect of this. The ancient cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were a part of a greater network of five cities called the Cities of the Plain. Uniquely, they were said to have been destroyed by God himself as judgment against their severe moral transgressions that had caused cries of outrage. Whatever is believed about the theological value of the Bible's account, archaeologists have solid candidates for these five cities, with excavations focused on the two believed to have been Sodom and Gomorrah. The site believed to be Sodom is the larger of the two, with walls that once enclosed 9 to 10 acres, though evidence shows the area outside the walls were also inhabited. The city identified as Gomorrah is seven miles south of Sodom and had walls encompassing only two acres. A much smaller site, the citizens are believed based on pottery evidence to have used the enormous cemetery discovered at Sodom. The cemetery dates to before the foundation of the cities and is home to about 20,000 tombs and over half a million bodies. Other than their locations matching the Bible's description and a possible reference to Sodom in the Ebla tablets, scholars point to the double destruction at both cities as correlating well with the biblical account. In Genesis 14, we read of a war fought and lost by the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah, leaving Lot captured and Abraham left to rescue him. Between 14 to 20 years later, the cities were destroyed again by some sort of sulfurous, fiery substance that fell on the city. 
Excavations have revealed two destructions. The first saw the original western-facing gate and wall of supposed Sodom destroyed and burned. This area was then completely built over with a new wall, and a different gate was built on the northeastern side of the city. In supposed Gomorrah, a destroyed tower was found alongside charred remains. Even an intact male skeleton was found in the debris. The destroyed parts of the city were then filled in and built right on top of. A second destruction came shortly after, and from this the cities never recovered. Ash, charcoal, and piles of burnt rocks and bricks speak to the calamity at Sodom, Gomorrah, and their graveyard. So it's really easy to get bogged down in some of the details of Sodom and Gomorrah and and miss one of the main points that I would submit to you that this account is in here in the first place, and that is God's overall plan for salvation. That's what's going on here. So God is trying to begin his plan for salvation of mankind in a world filled with varying degrees of mankind's evil. And we see a very serious degree of evil here in Sodom and Gomorrah, but we see also we're confronted over and over with Abraham's evil, with Abraham's sin. So part of this narrative here is God showing himself to a man, even an evil man, who will listen to him. And then God involves that man, despite he and his family's sin, in the process of judgment of sin and also in uh, promises of blessing mankind in the future. This is you know, a really significant thing that God is beginning to involve mankind in his plan for salvation. Uh, and so I would submit to you that this is one of the main themes that's going on here in Genesis 18 and 19. So just something to think about as you continue reading through the life of Abraham. It's the same theme, and we always say that, but what is the theme? The theme is Jesus Christ. The theme is Yeshua HaMashiach, to say that in Hebrew. And I think it's important for us to remember that. And uh, so let's keep that in mind. By the way, uh, I just wanted to say thank you to the partners of this ministry, viewers like you and partners of this ministry are people who've decided that this is a place where they want to give resources. So thank you for it. That's the only way we survive is through giving from the partners. And so we thank you. We've been able to survive the last two years mm-hmm. and we haven't done anything or said anything. We just said, Lord, help us. And we come on the air and thank you. And so thank you so much for doing that partners. And of course, if you, feel glad you can be a partner with this ministry. Janice? Yes, so Genesis chapter 20 is a really interesting one, isn't it? We get a glimpse into the life of Abraham and Sarah and as they're traveling and uh, some of the decisions that have been made. And what struck me this year was it's important what we think. And what do I mean by that? How we conduct our lives as followers of Jesus Christ makes an impact on the people around us. And I can see that in Abraham's life here in this exchange with Abimelech. So just briefly, Abraham has told Sarah, his wife, that in their travels, would she just tell everyone that Abraham is her brother, not claiming that he is her husband. And that's a partial truth. And we read about that and we learn about that here in the story. But it brings a problem to King Abimelech, as you've heard in Rod's teaching. And and Abimelech confronts Abraham. And, And he asks him, then Abimelech, I'm reading from verse 10, then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? In other words, what what were you thinking? 
what, did, what, 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 was, what was your position on this? And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. And it struck me. His first thing was, because I thought. You know, it's really important what we think, isn't it? Because what we think, deep down in our hearts, really affects the actions and the reactions that we have. And when we have reactions and actions, it doesn't only impact our lives, but it impacts the people that are around us. So it's very important for us to keep that in mind. So as followers of Christ, it is important what we think. And how do we think rightly? Because oftentimes we can get caught up in emotions, can't we? We can get caught up in, in being fearful, like Abraham was, of, of being killed because of the culture that he was living in. And he assumed that, that King Abimelech would have nothing to do with God. Little did he know that God would confront Abimelech in a dream about the very thing that Abraham had done. We, we don't know the intricate workings of God in our life, but if we have God and we're following God with our lives and we bring our thoughts and our decisions to him, as Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us to do, that in all our ways we shouldn't lean on our own understanding, but we should acknowledge God in everything that we do and he will direct our paths. That takes patience and trust, doesn't it? Two things that are very difficult in this culture, I know for sure it is for me. It's key to know God's word, and that's what we wanna do on this program. Together with you, we wanna read through God's word. We wanna highlight different sections so that we can learn and know and get the truth so that we can think rightly because there's a lot of thinking and a lot of things that are being said in this world today that are not right. And it's nothing new, but I'll tell you something. God's word stands firm and it never changes. God's word stands firm. So let's get the truth of God's word in our hearts and in our minds so that our thinking can be right, so that we don't have to say, because I thought, as Abraham said, surely the fear of God is not in this place. God was in that place. In fact, he was, and he spoke to Abimelech, which shocked everybody. And Abraham was living a life of fear, and he learns here that uh, you don't live in fear, but you live in faith. And that's really something. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to live a life of fear, and I don't want anybody else to, but trust in God, and he will take care of us. Today, we need to remind ourselves that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3.30 Eastern time, that's the time when we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV. If you go there, pray with us and join us live. Today, we pray and we say, Lord, I want to learn more about who you are. Thank you for guiding me and helping me to know more about who you are. In Jesus' name, and this is what we pray, 
We say thank you, Lord, and we praise your wonderful name.